The Legally Brief podcast is produced by the law offices of Judy Saunders. If you stop right this second to rate and review this show on iTunes or your listening platform, you will do your part in spreading Legally Brief's mission of creating a world where children can play, gather, and learn, free of abuse from authority figures and institutions. And now your host, Judy Saunders. Hello. So today on Legally Brief, we are discussing a topic directly related to the abuse, the psychological, um, which includes that verbal, emotional abuse of elite athletes done by an authority figure, in this case, a coach. And it really brings up the question of who is coaching who, who also is being taken in and what have we learned and been taught as adults. I was directed to the May 29, 2020 New York Times article that was written by Juliette McCarr. And the title of that piece was, She Accused a Coach of Abuse, Then More Than 30 Gymnasts Backed Her Up. And in that article, Miss McCarr described abuse by a former gymnast, Sarah Allen. Now, Miss Allen was a young athlete who was coached by Chris McCain in New York City's Chelsea Piers. Through that article, we learned that Coach McCain used allegedly very intense and constant abuse of these young gymnasts to produce athletic results. In 2018, the gymnast Sarah Allen reported that she was abused and she made these reports to uh, the adults in her life, but there was no action taken at that time. Then after the recent eight-year suspension of the coach, New Jersey coach Maggie Haney, Sarah felt hopeful and she made a second reporting describing the abuse by Coach McCain um, done to her and her teammates. So as it turns out, Miss Allen's, the former gymnast, these allegations were corroborated almost immediately by her teammates, family members, and even other coaches. As it turns out, for 15 years, Coach McCain, you know, as described in the article, was roaming free in Chelsea Piers, which is this huge, cavernous, big steel and concrete structure. It's a gym facility in New York City where over uh, 30 young girls were just daily, allegedly abused, psychological and physical abuse. According to Sarah Allen, the girls were exposed to verbal attacks. These attacks arranged from assaults on their bodies and assaults on their minds. It seems like Coach McCain was the girls' team hedge coach since 2007. Now, this alleged pain caused by Coach McCain, she did, and these girls were, it was done to these girls who were desperate to please her. And I think that one of the best takeaways and what was poignantly expressed in the article was the words of a parent, David Bach. And it identifies Mr. Bach as one of the parents of a gymnast by the name of Maya Bach. Now, this father, David, he stated that he had not seen any glaring signs of abuse. And when he would confront Coach McCain about his daughter coming home in tears, the coach would tell him, you know, Maya just needs to overcome her fear 
Mr. Bach went on to say that, you know, look, a generation ago, parents might not have thought twice if a child came home crying after a meeting with an authority figure like a priest. You know, I found that Mr. Bach's statement is profound and cuts to the center of why, regardless of the passage of time, endless complaints of abuse and even media coverage of this event, we still have children falling prey to the Maggie Haney's and individuals in the gymnastic world like John Getter um, and other abusive coaches. You know, the children are suffering. And I think that one of the things that Mr. Bach brings up is that the parents, we have also been coached and we've been coached well, not until adults truly process and these authority figures truly accept that they cannot use their position to cause anxiety, physical harm, and exact fear. Will this tide of abuse in youth sports cease to rise? We've seen investigative reports, series done on some of the video streaming Netflix, athlete advocates who have been advocating for decades. You've had survivors who have raised the alarm you know, talking about the psychological abuse in such sports as gymnastics, figure skating, tennis, swimming. This has gone on for decades. Even the tiniest child athlete has waged their own, you know, silent protest in the form of, you know, you know, these children will appear tougher. They'll complain less. These children will perform on broken bones to win the praise of these abusive coaches. And then unfortunately, when the child athlete even prevails and pleases their coach, the psychological damage by these authority figures has already set in. So that parent, David Bach, he really highlights that we've been groomed. You know, adults have been groomed. Parents have been groomed um, by these authority figures who hold themselves out as experts and lead us to believe that a little suffering is good, that, you know, this abuse, children crying, children mistrusting their own reason, mistrusting their own bodies, that that's part of the acceptable practices. You know, from the beginning of a young athlete's career, abusive coaches, and we are speaking only of abusive coaches, they groom a child to accept that the abuse is normal. And it's not until you see very, very harsh symptoms of the abuse being exhibited by the child, do you learn of the suffering. We know and statistics back that it's very rare that children will speak out or what we call outcry the abuse in many states in New York, in New Jersey and California. You have had recent legislation that has extended the statute of limitations for children and adults bringing causes of action for abuse. Some of these statutes have increased the age for someone to bring a claim up to 55. The average individual does not speak of 
or seek any type of redress against an abuser well into their 50s. That just tells you how long an individual suffers and how long the silence. So when you have an abusive coach that is leading you to believe, trust me, I know how this is done. Trust me, your child is just crying because they they haven't worked hard enough. Your child is crying because this is part of the process to produce an Olympian or an elite athlete or the best goalie or swimmer, that this is part of the process. That goes back to that generational thinking that I thought was so uh, adequately expressed by Mr. Bach that, you know, a generation ago, we thought nothing when a child came home crying after having a meeting with an authority figure like a priest. Hi everyone, I want to tell you about something really exciting. Our new legal coaching sessions. These sessions give you the right information at the right time. Because when your child has been sexually, physically, or emotionally abused, you don't lack courage, you lack information. Legal coaching sessions give you access to everything you need from understanding the administrative hearing process, civil court process, and criminal court proceedings, to understanding how to draft complaints to the national governing bodies, what to say and when to say it. You need direction and you need the right information. Sign up for a legal coaching session today at Judy at jsaunderslawfirm.com. So to help your child have a healthy sporting experience, beware of these six behaviors that you may see. Stay alert to if there is an authority figure, a coach, whomever that prohibits you, the parent or the adult from watching practices, or maybe there's an understanding that parents are not welcome. That's a warning sign. If you are constantly hearing feedback from an authority figure, your child is difficult. Your child is always misbehaving or lazy. And those are accounts based solely on that authority figure. But you're going to want to beware regardless if someone is giving you that type of feedback on your child, especially in a sporting activity that should be work but also should be fun at young ages. Beware of your child refusing to discuss. They won't discuss any portion of their practice or any time that they spent with the authority figure. They maybe become agitated. You want to be aware about that. Maybe you have the child that's pleading or requesting that you not directly contact the authority figure. You mom, dad, don't send any texts. Don't talk. Don't don't say what, what I told you. You can't talk to them. Your child may be fearing some type of retaliation when they return back to a field of play by that authority figure. Fifth warning sign that you're going to want to be aware of. Your child appears withdrawn, crying, anxious, fearful, or is starting to show signs of prolonged sadness. The sixth sign that you're going to want to be aware of and stay alert to is authority figures who are minimizing the consistent and repeated injuries that occur to your child. So you may hear phrases that put blame on the child. Well, your your child did this. Your child jumped too quick. They didn't follow my instructions. A shifting blame or minimizing um, an injury. And if you remember nothing else, the takeaway that is important is that misconduct 
and abuse by authority figures, it was wrong when it occurred a generation ago, and it remains wrong and improper today, regardless of who that authority figure is, a minister, a coach, or a teacher. You want to be aware that those experiences between that person and your child do not have to be unpleasant. They do not have to be situations where the line is being crossed. When you learn or you even witness a situation that makes your child feel uncomfortable. So even if you have witnessed a situation that with that authority figure in your child that makes you feel uncomfortable, gather your thoughts, detach yourself from the outcome. Outcome may be something you're going to have to search now for a new gym or a new team or even pursue another activity. The goal is to detach yourself from the outcome and know that the more important thing you're doing is that you're modeling for your child and you are not letting an authority figure cross that line. You are acting on authority of your child. You're acting on the authority of what's right. Be certain. The one thing that you will be doing is you're teaching your child an important lesson. And that lesson is to guard their own personhood and to set a firm boundary so that your child knows how to identify abuse and how not to let it happen to themselves. So I hope that I have given you some useful information and I thank you for taking this time to listen to the Legally Brief podcast. Please remember to keep the conversation going over at our Facebook group and Instagram page. I can be reached also directly at 212-709-8141. And as always in parting, there is no keener revelation of a society's soul than the way it treats its children. You have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Legally Brief podcast. Remember to join Judy and fellow listeners at the Legally Brief Facebook group. Contact Judy at judy at jsaunderslawfirm.com. All information and content in this podcast is provided for entertainment purposes only. Nothing in this podcast shall constitute legal advice and shall not create an attorney-client relationship. This information is general and may not be applicable to your particular circumstances. You should review your particular circumstances with an attorney. All liability with respect to actions taken or not taken based on the contents of this podcast is hereby expressly disclaimed.